Welcome to episode seven of Crossword, Perspectives on WordPress and the Open Web. I'm Jonathan Wold. Hey, Jonathan. I'm Luke Cabas. How are you doing? You had a good week? I'm doing really well. It's snowy outside and also sunny, which is my favorite combination. Did some nice. shoveling today, and uh, it's a good day. I thought you were going to get your kids to do it. I thought you were going to give them, pay them to do it. They That's did the first day, but now, now they're back at school, so I've got to pick up the slack. Fair enough. It's good exercise for me. All right. You did a, uh, a post the other day that I thought was quite interesting, that you talked about the block directory. Well, I guess a bit of context. So Justin on the tavern back on the 13th of January did a post, asked a question, can the block directory and business interests coexist? What did you think of the piece? Yeah, it was a good piece, classic tavern piece. Uh, I really like Justin's style of writing. He's sort of straight to the point, non-offensive, uh, makes a lot of sense and just explains an idea without having an opinion. Uh, and I guess the opinions are all contained inside of the comment section, which is also, I, th I think it's the most fun part of reading the tavern. <laughs> the you know, so Justin, uh, some of Justin's work has been getting me to, to rethink comments. Um, so that, that particular piece is, uh, he describes it as a post from his new, from the comment series where he's actually working to, to highlight and sort of work on, on that, that community. I've taken the approach for a long time of just no comments at all on my own yeah. properties, but I feel like, yeah, I'm probably missing out on some things. So it's, I've really enjoyed watching Justin experiment. So you wrote a post, we'll drop a link in the show notes. Justin talks a lot about the block directory guidelines. And that's something that I've also talked a lot about with uh, people like Dion Hulse, who published yep. those on GitHub. Um, he actually lives just around the corner from me. And so, I, so we catch up on the odd occasion. Uh, there's a bunch of interesting dot points in the plugin guidelines. But really the ones that Justin is focused on is points five and eight, which are around not requiring any payment, not allowing any uh, advertisements or promo messages or any paid features. The only thing you're yeah. allowed to do is a donation link. For you as someone who has, you've had experience in the commercial plugin space, you've had, um, you've also are fairly well connected with others who build plugins and we sort of, we've, that's just how it has been for a while. Uh, what do you think of those, those guidelines? I mean, I, I think it's obvious that it's going to make it really hard to build any sort of commercial uh, products that are block-based. In fact, there's a bunch of interesting things in the guidelines that, that make it quite difficult. And a few things that make it obvious that these guidelines are actually going to change anyway. So, for example, there is a guideline that says each block plugin should be a single purpose block, not mm. a group of blocks, not a bundle of blocks, not a block library, but a single block. And I think that is bound to change because, I mean, even in the examples uh, that Mel Choice is designing for the block directory, that those designs include examples where there are block libraries and nested blocks and bundled blocks, that sort of thing. So I think that these guidelines are 
likely to change a little bit. Uh, the one that I didn't like is not allowing very much PHP in the blocks. Actually, this is a really interesting point. Uh, I talked to Dion a lot about it, and he won me over with a sort of pretty sound argument. And I think it lays a foundation for the block directory that a lot of people aren't thinking about. So okay. it's, this is really sort of important foundational level where we could start. I said we should, have, we should allow PHP in blocks beyond just registering the block. You know, we should allow you know, more complex blocks that are dynamic. And Dion said, no, we shouldn't. I said, why? Uh, in fact, it's one of the guidelines that it can't be like that. Uh, it should be purely React or JSON, uh, with, with a JSON file and, and it's just the JavaScript. And I said, why? And he said, because you're forgetting, Luke, that blocks aren't just for WordPress. I said, yeah, I am wow. forgetting that. He said, the vision for the block directory is that it goes beyond WordPress and that any CMS, no matter what technology uh, it's built on, can use blocks. And every CMS supports JavaScript, but not every CMS is built on PHP. That's interesting. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that. Oh, man. This to me feels like something that, as you're describing it, I can see that working. Then I immediately think about things like, okay, well, who's creating all these blocks? What's their incentive for creating them? Who's maintaining them? Who's yeah. checking? Like, how, how compatible are they going to be? And, and critically, the next? what happens when you disable them? Because I think ah. for a lot of the time, your site will continue to work as normal, but you won't be able to edit that content without that block. Yes. And then you run into the like the commercial aspect. And at a high level, I'm like, well, I suppose that it's big enough that there'll be enough people who will just altruistically be interested in creating and contributing blocks free of charge with the donation link. But that doesn't seem like a that seems like a very sort of uncertain strategy. Yeah. Yes. It's not a sustainable model to just expect people to volunteer. Yeah, totally. Actually, you know, now that we're talking about it, there is this possible future that's actually quite dangerous and quite possible, whereby we add a whole heap of blocks to our WordPress install, right? You you start adding a block for this, a block for that, and you start creating content, you get thousands of posts across multiple years. Uh, but the blocks, because they're not allowed to become commercial, because there's you know items in the guidelines that say you can't have ads and you can't promote upsells and you can't have a pro or a paid version well these blocks are inevitably going to become defunct they're going to become unsupported you know yeah. nobody's going to reply to the support topics on wordpress.org and the star rating will drop over time and uh, people will generally find it difficult to find good quality blocks, but even worse, all of the blocks that they've already got in their content, they can't be just easily removed or replaced. So what happens to that? Now you've got a whole bunch of content that's got content blocks that are aging and unsupported and may not be compatible with future versions of WordPress and all of this sort of thing. What What's always interesting to me it feels it's really important for there to be a tension. 
like on the one hand, I don't want a world where all plugins and themes and all that it's, it's commercial. You have to, to pay for everything. Mm. Right. On the other, so, cause when you think about accessibility and de- democratization, it's making it accessible and price is part of ex- the accessible. Like if it's, if you have to pay for everything, then that stymies people's abilities to experiment and to, to just work on things to get things up and running. So, and there, and there are people who genuinely are, are happy to just give, to create things, to release things, especially if they realize that, okay, I don't, I'm just going to put it out there. The expectations are low. People may use this, they may not. So, but ultimately I feel like the ideal is a place of tension where I feel like we've swung so much towards no commercialization that what happens is we're leaving everyone on their own to figure out their own way of kind of working around it and doing what they're going to do without offering clear guidance, which is what's at the heart of what I felt I, I drew from your piece is, hey, here's some ways that we could maybe offer some some guidance. People are going to do this stuff anyway. Let's guide the process. Let's offer yeah. processes and precedents for like letting people know you cited the um, you cited how Apple does it, you know, letting someone know, yes, this is a free app, but this free app also has in-app purchases. Yeah, it's kind of like the idea is like a badge or a tag or something, a little bit of metadata that goes along with the listing. And it just lets the user know as they're about to install it that they're installing something that might offer an upsell or might offer like a premium version. It might contain ads. I I think we should know that when we're installing a plugin that it might promote, uh, cross-promote with other plugins by the same author or it might promote the premium version uh, or it might ha- contain like Yoast does some functionality that you can almost use but you can't because it's disabled because <laughs> you don't have pro uh, that would be good to know before installing a yeah. plugin I think as I'm browsing the directory looking for potential blocks I as an end user I think it'd be helpful for me to be aware of there being premium options mm-hmm. and that's an interesting thing to to be considering, right? Like right now it's very much a, you have to know someone who knows someone says, oh, this is the, there's a premium plugin that you should use that's actually gonna cause you a lot less pain and here's where you have to go to get it. That's that's the reality today. I think ultimately, like when I look back on this you know, years into the future, it feels like we need to have figured out a way to carefully thread that acknowledgement in the project of commercial interests without sacrificing the accessibility. We don't, I don't think we solved that today, but I think it's important we keep asking. Well, I think that so far questions. we've done a pretty good job of managing that tension and keeping that balance. Although there's obviously room for improvement uh, right now, I think that we're doing yeah. a pretty good job. Yeah. You know, one of the things that, I mean, frankly, like when you, if you spend too much time thinking about all this, it can be pretty easily overwhelming. You consider all the ramifications or how is this going to work? How's that going to work? One of the things I love about like open source and this ecosystem is it's like organic nature. You think of it, it's like a living organism. It's going to do what it's going to do. I think from a project perspective though, where we have the opportunity is to guide the growth. Like it's going to either grow or not grow kind of on its own, which is what I liked about your suggestion, starting to think about, all right, what are some ways that we um, could allow some of these things like because first off to your point when you're having blocks and the editing experience yeah i don't want to install something and then get an ad or like 
it just doesn't actually work as advertised because I have to unlock something like that. That feels terrible. But I don't mind being exposed to like if it as long as it does what it says it's going to do, I don't mind being exposed to like more that's available to me if I were that's from that author. So there's this like I don't want or like, even just pro features. Yeah, pro, exactly. Where it's like, all right, great. It did the thing that I needed it to do. Oh, wow. I didn't think about doing this. But yeah, tying that into this thing over here, that'd actually be pretty sweet. I, I welcome that. And to not let me know that that exists also feels like an underservice. So it would be a shame to limit blocks to only free and premium, right? So you've got your free ones over on .org and your premium ones on, what are we calling it? Block, block base. Block base. <laughs> on Envato's block base. What the current guidelines prevent is any freemium models. Yeah. And that's the model that really works best in WordPress. Yes. Yes. That, thank you. The, and I think that's at the heart of this, right? How do we account for freemium? How do we give people a way to experience something? The other thing that I think where I expect to see opportunity and traction and where there's some concern is in the hosting space. You know, I, I can see hosts offering like they invest resources into creating blocks that do a thing and some will release them for everyone. Others won't. And like, you end up having this thing over time where like some of the best blocks, like if they can't have their own value, they're going to have to be tied to something greater, either another plugin that they work with or like a theme set that they work with or some other curated experience that they're a part of. And then you end up having this like, oh, you can only access those if you're over here. It's like, I think that's one of the consequences. It's the opposite of a distributed web. You know, I mean, aside from the layer that WordPress itself is distributed around the web, but if you look at it on the layer of where block content blocks are coming from, then if if you prevent indie plugin authors, indie JavaScript devs, uh, indie block builders from being able to make any money, then what you end up with is a whole bunch of rubbish free blocks on WordPress.org, and some good premium blocks that are distributed by some of the big players in WordPress, like the hosting companies. Yeah. Because by the way, they can also distribute free blocks and see a return on investment in a way that nobody else can. And that's through brand recognition. Yeah. So yes. because they have a brand that is already you know, known well enough, they can distribute a block like Galleries by GoDaddy and they get that little bit of brand recognition inside of the free.org and that's a return on their investment in a way that nobody else can do. It's going to be interesting to see how how it unfolds. I think what we're going to end up seeing it are, you know, hosts doing interesting things where they create curated experience, uh, plug-in authors that already have a like I guess what I'm concerned about is ultimately how are some of the the indies, if you will, going to be able to get traction and get things done and, and be able to build momentum. And yeah. I'm, I'm hopeful that posts like yours and conversations that are happening and folks expressing interest can, can advocate for opportunity to not just come from the biggest players in the space. So maybe this podcast can be a little piece of that. Hopefully so. All right. Until next time.